Hello and welcome to episode 65 of Inside the WDF with me, Andrew Sinclair. Got two great guests on this week's show who've won three ranking titles in September between them. That's Neil Duff and Aileen de Graaf. First up is Northern Ireland international Neil Duff, who started the England Open weekend in Selsey by winning the British pentathlon and then by winning his first WDF career ranking title in the England national singles. After defeating Nathan Potter 4-0 in the semis, he beat the new WDF world number one Brian Roman in the final 5-4. We discussed Neil's background in the sport, winning his first ranking title and what that meant, his new goal for the rest of 2021, and a message to the rest of the leading players on the WDF circuit. I am now delighted to be joined by the newly crowned England national singles champion, Neil Duff. How are you, Neil? I'm good, Andrew. Thanks for having me on. It's great to have you on. That 5-4 win over Brian Roman netted you your first career WDF ranking title. You got home now, a few days removed from it. How do you reflect on that win now? Looking back on it, I've watched it a couple of times. and In fairness, I should be closing them games out a lot earlier. I'm very, very proud of the win, but I think I made hard work of it, and it's something I need to work on. I mean, you went 4-2 up in that game and then missed a couple of match starts, and then at 4 all, you missed starts at 32, and with Brian sat on 87, I saw you, you put your you know, your hands over your face. Did you think it had gone at that point? Yeah, I did, because I kind of, before, the, the last cup before lockdown was out of mine, and I played... The Masters final with uh, Treble, and I went I went the last like the cider, and so kind of when I was standing there with with uh, Brian, I kind of went, no, not again, no, I'm not losing out in the ladder, last like the cider. Thankfully, I got over the line. Now, something I did notice on the stream, I know you're signed with Super Darts, but it looked though looked like you were using a set of Joe Cullen darts. Was that the case? Yeah, you noticed that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I actually snapped the dart, so I did on Saturday afternoon, I was repointing and snapped one, so I did, and I didn't have a spare, so I had a set of Joe Collins which I practiced with, because they're a wee bit lighter, so I kind of practiced with them and then move up a couple of grams then to play my match darts, I just something that works for me, so I ended up playing with a Joe That win in Selsey moves you up to number five in the WDF rankings now, and gives you a very good shot of making Lakeside next January. What will it mean for you to play on that iconic stage? Between my manager and myself, we set out that that, that was going to be our, our target, was to get to the Lakeside. Then after the Isle of Man, a good run, Isle of Man, Scotland, we said, OK, we'll go for top 16. And after the weekend, now, now we're going, yeah, we're going for number one. Uh, I want to be top one of the top seats. So they so. I was meant to be going to the Modus next week and I've cancelled it to go to Denmark. So it's just points now. I did see that you're off to Denmark and I know in the past you've only really done sort of the UK-based events. So is that you and your manager now deciding that, you know, we want to do the tour properly and show everybody what we are capable of? Yeah, well, without getting into the politics of it, I kind of think with the, the shape that the BDO was in at the time, it, uh, we, we weren't going to spend too much time and effort going around the country getting or around the world getting uh, points 
But now, with the WDF taking over and Richard Ash, there's so much more confidence in them, and we're, we're happy to, to, to push on and put the time and the money in. Now, I've seen that the pubs have reopened in Northern Ireland. How much of an important thing for you is that, that the pubs are open to play darts again now? Yeah, well, we actually have our our first pub competition this Saturday. I was kind of at the disadvantage where England and Scotland had already been open and playing competitive darts. So I'm very grateful to online darts. It's kept me competitive right through lockdown. But it's, it's nice to be standing in a room playing competitive. So in terms of the online stuff, am I right in thinking that you used to do a lot of the webcam stuff before lockdown even started anyway? Um, no, not really so much. Um, kind of whenever lockdown started, myself, um, Kyle McKinstry was under the same management, so we played a few uh, of the Naga games and stuff, but I, I just couldn't take to it. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't enjoy it. So whenever we bumped up to the webcam darts, um, I joined up with GKT, which is an absolutely awesome network for any standard of player they're, they're running we started off with 12 of us we now have five leagues we only have I mean, nearly 20 people per league um cups one thing and it's that there that has kept me competitive and i'm totally grateful for it but i'm just glad to be back playing face-to-face starts the weekend began for you in Selsey with the win in the british pentathlon it was a neck and neck all the way through back and forth in the lead in second place but what did it mean for you to see your name added to the list of winners that includes the likes of John Lowe, Dennis Priestley, Martin Adams? I, I think once I seen the names on the cup, that's when it actually really hit me. What, what the achievement that I had made. Um, to see John Lowe, Eric Bristol, Phil Taylor, guys that got of that calibre. It's, yeah, it's not a bad company to be in. But actually, right up until the last hour was thrown, I had thought I had, I'd lost it. I, I kind of resolved myself that I'd lost it. Um, and I think young Luke Littler, a bit more of an experience, and it could have been a different story. To, be, to, to go away there this weekend and come back as British pentathlon champion and British national singles champion was unreal. Was a great, you know, and hopefully for me, that's the start of things to come with Denmark, uh, Bridlington, Wales and then Killarney in November. So, I mean, I was going to ask you from the pentathlon which your favourite game was, but I'm pretty sure it was just that 24th one that got you over the line in the title. <laughs> you know, a lot, of, a lot of guys that I play with, they said to me, oh, you'll smash the pentathlon that, that, that's made for you because I do like a lot, I like a lot of double in and stuff like that there. Um, I think for me, the... Shanghai's was, a, was was my favourite game. I, think, I have to say I, I had five Shanghai's out of the nine, missed two two others, um, and to be sitting going into number nine, I think I was on seventy three points, and I knew that Andy Fordham's record was eighty, and I actually turned out Aaron, Aaron Turner I was playing with, and I says I couldn't take that off him, so I shot about twelve in the first dart, which my manager shoot the face off me for. <laughs> 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 but yeah, the last the last game, I'm not sure how many is aware, but uh, yeah, I went 15 and 12 against uh, James Hurl. But Nick Littler was on the board beside me, and he actually had a shot at the bull to win that match.
match, which would have crowned him. But instead of going for the bill, he set it up. And the big guy took a 1-5-7 That's been a hurt like. Looking back, when was it that you first got into darts? Because as far as I understand it, you were quite a late starter. Yeah, I never threw a dart until I was 30. In uh, round 28, 29, 30. Um, started playing my dad just in the house and, and then signed up for his V team and, and then started playing counties, as most people do. And, but then I kind of, I was I, I was so hungry for it and I was going to competitions last 64, last 32, and I just, my attitude changed. Uh, I want more from this. Instead of going to compete, I was going to win. Yeah, and uh, I just once I got the bug and, and then I was very lucky. I think 2006 was my first Masters TV event. And from then on, once I played on the stage, that was I just had the bug then. So when you started playing with your dad, had you you know watched darts on the TV and stuff before then? Oh, yeah. I, I kind of grew up watching the Lakeside, watching Tony O'Shea and Darrell Fitton, Andy Fordham. They, they were all my heroes. And, they, they know, now they actually... Actually, class them as close friends. It's yeah, it's, it's, it's a brilliant feeling. So you're based in County Antrim, is that right? Yeah. So what's sort of the scene like around where you are? Northern Ireland's not a big place, so you, you find competitions. Guys coming from every county, but I, I throw counties, county darts for County Antrim, which I have done for the last almost twenty years. When you're playing with the likes of Jeff Jeff Wiley and John Elder and Brian Cathcart and guys who actually built darts in Northern Ireland back then, you know, uh, I, I've been very lucky. I've had a lot of, uh, uh, been inspired by a lot of them guys. Hmm. Um, now, now I know that they're right behind me every time I play, you know. You started around 30 and have you taken any breaks since you first sort of started playing those competitions? Yeah, I've had a few breaks. I've had a couple. Darts is the hardest word, the hardest game in the world. If you if you haven't got that wee bit of fire in your belly, and I was I was getting to see my my daughter weekends and one thing and another, so I just a four year break. Never see a dog. Night snicker midweek, and then just come back and got hungry again. Well, I'm sure at the moment you're not short of fire in your belly the way you're playing. I did. You know, I actually. We got home around eight thirty on Monday Monday night, and I came home and got a shower, and we had baby eight, and I was actually on the practice board at ten o'clock on Monday night. I just just want to play darts. I want to have a dart in my hand all the time now. So I know you've won a number of caps for your country, you know Northern Ireland. Going away to big events like a Europe Cup or a World Cup, what are the sort of stories that stand out when you look back on those events? I think my first major was Turkey 2015 for the World Cup. And in fairness, you, you, I couldn't really have picked a better competition to play in as a first one. The Turkish, they have such a great set up there. And we were in the right group of people. And, uh, you know, it's the best feeling in the world whenever you pull on that, that, that national shirt. And, uh, yeah, I, I love it. I love it. I love it. I, I, you know, whenever I look back on the highs and lows of, of, of my career, I, I will put international darts before any any win. Well, I used to until this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
And what's the what's the scene like in Northern Ireland right now in terms of the youth players? Um, yeah, it's uh, youth starts to kind of stagnated a wee bit here in Northern Ireland, but of lately, with the the, the setup and new executive within the Northern Ireland Darts organisation, we've got a new youth manager and Margaret Cathcart, and we've probably more youth signed now than we ever did. We have another guy who runs the JDC Youth in Northern Ireland, uh, which seems to be flourishing as well. And I'm just in the middle of putting together a youth academy just here in my own hometown. So, yeah, yeah. and there's some cracking players, youth players. I actually look after a young guy who made the step up from youth to senior level, uh, Josh Rock. And we set a five-year plan with him, and he made the international squad in his first year. So, yeah, yeah, the standard's, standard's great. Well, a big well, a big moment for you in your career. 2015, the Grand Slam qualifiers, you get to the last round and then lose out 5-4 to Andy Fordham. Obviously, his recent passing, I'm sure, has brought back some memories of that game. <laughs> I knew you were going to bring that up. <laughs> you, uh, you know, that game actually, that kept me awake for three months after that there. The darts that I played up until that final um, took out some big seeds. And when I got to the final, it was the only game that was left going in the building. So I think I went 4-1 up or 4-2 up. And, but I happened to turn around and they were about 10 deep standing watching me. And for me, it was I was still quite nervous to big matches like that there. And to see Daryl Fitton and, and Tony, Martin Atkins, they're all standing, I kind of, the swingers went a wee bit. And do you know what, fair play to Andy. And it was his first, that was qualified for his first televised competition in 10 years. But me and Andy actually bonded really well after that there. We, you mean every competition then we kind of sat together and always had a, Andy was a legend he always had time for anybody and yeah whenever he passed I actually put the photograph up on the Facebook group that was taken that day that night and uh, yeah he'll be missed he will be missed and I'm sure when uh, he played in the Grand Slam and obviously got that win over Wayne Jones that must have been I'm sure you were watching that with a smile on your face honestly I didn't watch it I couldn't watch it I, I, I didn't watch it I didn't watch any of it. Uh, I kind of just, like I said, the, the losing that there after the Dutch had played uh, hurt me. So, uh, yeah, I, I kind of, I'm the sort of guy, if, if I lose, I'll never, ever watch that game again. If I win, I would be on critic. I'll sit and I'll, I'll break it down and see what can be approved every time. And, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't try not to dwell on losses too much, but... Um, I'm not. I'm not let them get into my head either, so mm. I don't. I don't watch. You know, but uh, yeah, I kind of kept an eye on the scores and one thing and other, but I just wouldn't watch it. 2019, the back end of 2019, you played in the World Masters and you got to the quarterfinals. But I mean, there was a lot of chaos with that event, with the redraw and all the you know rumours about the BDO and everything. How much did kind of the off the hockey stuff? How much did that affect you during the weekend? Um, I had actually flown over on the Wednesday morning uh, to play the qualifiers, met up with the rest of the guys in Greece, uh, qualified 
but I had the flight home. I was, I think it was on a six a.m. flight on Thursday morning for a business meeting, and then I was flying back out to London again on the Thursday night. So um, I actually went to the wrong airport for the flight home, and so I was just flat out. Got home, got my business meeting, back over that night, missed my flipping train. So I was busy in between times, but so I didn't really get a chance to really let think about it too much, you know. But um, listen, we like we all we all know what happened. But I, I, I try not to get involved in the politics. I just want to throw darts. Yeah, of course. Now that you, as I said, you got to the quarterfinals there, played some really good stuff, got some big scalps, as it were, you know, seeded players at the time, and but before going out to to John O'Shea. But do you think that run to the last eight there was sort of the catalyst for the strong start you had to twenty twenty? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think actually just going out and and proving what I can do. On the, on the bigger stage. And, you know, it, it kind of, it gives you a wee bit of swagger, just a wee bit of that extra confidence. And Dutch is a confidence game. And so if you can build on it every competition you're building and you're, you're, you're getting just more results. And yeah, yeah, that definitely did give me, that, that gave me the fuel then just to, to, to punch on. And I'm actually, I, I know that from the weekend past there, yeah, Denmark and Bridlington and Wales, so looking ahead to next year, we've touched on Lakeside already. Just after that, the PDCQ school, is that something that's on the table for you? Yeah, it, it kind of always was. I actually won an online competition, so I have my, my entry fees and all paid for me. But I'm not looking past the Lakeside. I've sat with my manager, we've, we've talked this out, and... Uh, we're not looking past the lakeside. I want to win the lakeside. If I win the lakeside, chances are I'll probably not be at Kingsco. Hmm. But we just say, I don't even want to look past that. That's, that, that's the defender. That's the one you can defend your whole career. Well, thank you very much for your time today, Neil. I really appreciate it. And wish you the best of luck with those big gold events coming up and hopefully see you at lakeside next year. Not a problem, Andrew. Thank you very much for having me on. It was really great chatting to Neil. I absolutely loved his fighting talk there. He's someone I've wanted to see do the tour properly for a long time now. He's an experienced county player, an experienced international in Northern Ireland. And when he has played at the bigger events like a Europe Cup or a World Cup or at the World Masters, he's shown the ability that he's got. Uh, and now he is doing the tour properly. You heard him mention he's going to Denmark, going to Bridlington, going to, you know, Prestatin. And I think if he plays close to his best, which I think he's close to at the moment, he will always be one to watch and he'll be a very dangerous man at Lakeside if he builds on his positive start to the season and and qualifies, which I definitely expect he will. The second guest on this week's show is someone who's already qualified for Lakeside. It's the 2020 Dutch Open champion Aileen de Graaf. She won the 60th and 61st ranking titles of her career earlier in September over in Catalonia, thanks to final victories over Swedish international Anna Forsmark and Paula Jacqueline. I spoke to Aileen last week about her wins over in Spain, what it meant to win the World Masters a number of years ago, her feelings towards the lakeside and whether she'll be able to make it over for the PDC Women's Series later this week. Here's what she had to say. 
I am now delighted to be joined by the recent Catalonia Open and FCD Anniversary Open champion and former world master Aileen de Graaf. Aileen, how are you? Yeah, I'm fine. This past weekend we had the first WDF gold-ranked event of the year over in England, but you you weren't there. Why did you choose to, to miss the events? Yeah, because of COVID. Uh, I wanted to go so badly, but uh, if I go uh, to England, I first have to uh, do a test in the Netherlands, and then, then I do have to do my uh, second day a test, and then I when I go back, I have to do a test, and then I, when I'm in the Netherlands, then, then I also have to do a test, and I have to stay 10 days at home. So, uh, yeah, I can't afford it. So, and also with the children, I can't stay home 10 days. Of course. So that's uh, very difficult uh, in the COVID uh, time. Yeah, normally I, I always go to Chelsea, but uh, yeah, I couldn't do it. Now, I think when I contacted you initially, you said that you, you worked as a, a nurse. Is that something you've always done? Before, before I had uh, my two children, I worked as a nurse. And then I was getting better at the darts. So I focused on the darts and parenting. So I, I was a mother and I was playing, I was playing darts for, uh, as a work. So uh, before I was a nurse and the last seven years, I was, uh, yeah, for my work, I was playing darts. And uh, because of the COVID, I did, uh, we all couldn't play any darts, so I have to uh, get some money. So uh, that's why I uh, work as, as a nurse now. Earlier in September, not this weekend, the one before, you did play the events in Catalonia and you won both of them. Were you able to go to that because there weren't as many restrictions for travel? Uh, no, you you only had to fill a form on, on the internet, and that was it. So uh, it was a, it was okay to go uh, to Catalonia, and it was still in my uh, holiday. So uh, yeah, I didn't have to uh, take a leave from work. So uh, yeah, that was a lot better. But in England, uh, you are uh, orange, <laughs> so we have we have to do a lot of tests. So that's very unlucky. As I mentioned, you won both of those events in Catalonia. How would you assess your performances at, you know, your first competition back since early last year? Uh, no, it, it was up and down because uh, I have to play uh, some tournaments to uh, be back on my uh, nef- uh, level. So, so it was a good beginning at Catalonia, but it's it's so dif- uh, different. From Celsius or Catalonia, Celsius there are a lot of good players, and Catalonia there are some good players, uh, but it's nothing uh, compared uh, to Celsius. Mm, yeah. So, but it's it's a beginning to winnings at a small tournament. So, the, I mean, those wins in Catalonia kept you near the top of the the WDF rankings, but you've already qualified for for Lakeside next year because you won the Dutch Open last year. Knowing that, does that ease the pressure on you, knowing that if you can't or it's difficult to travel, you don't need to for the rest of the year because you've already got your spot booked? Uh, it takes a little bit of pressure off, but you want to stay uh, high in the ranking because you have to cheating. Hmm. So uh, you have to play uh, 
the tournaments because uh, you want a nice uh, seating and I don't want to get uh, Fallon in the first round or Dita. So uh, I want to stay in the top eight, top four uh, uh, lady places. So that's uh, that's a lot better, yeah. But uh, yeah, we have to we have to see what COVID brings and uh, how many tournaments uh, we all can play. Hmm. But England is very difficult to go to. So uh, yeah, that's unlucky. Now the World Championship is is going back to to Lakeside next year. You've played at Lakeside a number of times before. Got to the semi-finals there twice. Is Lakeside a venue in, you enjoy playing at? No. No, I don't like the lakeside. No, because it's it's the name lakeside. Uh, you have a lot of pressure on the lakeside. You see it at Dita. Dita won every tournament you can think about, every major tournament, and the lakeside. She didn't won. I don't like the lakeside. The pressure. You want to win that tournament. So, uh, and yeah, it's also, uh, uh, I like the name. I like uh, all the old people that played there and its history. I like that. But it's a little bit old. The venue and the hotel and everything. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's more the name. It's more the name. So, looking back for you, when when was it that you were first introduced to dart? It was in two thousand seven, I think. My uh, a friend of mine took me uh, to a place where uh, men played, and I had some uh, uh, really uh, big uh, barrels, <laughs> really big. The 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 dart you can buy for five pounds. So uh, it wasn't very, uh, it wasn't a very good uh, dart uh, thing to throw it, but I won uh, from every guy uh, that was there. So that was really nice. So and I didn't play before. So uh, but I like uh, all things you have to throw. Basketball, I'm good at and everything. So uh, yeah, and darts uh, also. So that was very nice. So when you first, you know, you played, were you had you watched darts at that point? Was it something you followed, or were you new to it that side of it as well? Uh, no, I didn't watch a lot of darts. It wasn't on television and uh, so big as it is now. So I know, I know the game. I did know the game, but I didn't know. Uh, oh, you have to throw a double to go out, and you have to score this. Uh, Normally, if I uh, had a finish and I have to throw 100, I go boo-boo. <laughs> but I didn't know <laughs> you have to throw trouble, trouble 20 and tops. So it was, uh, yeah, it was at the beginning a little bit uh, rough, but uh, it's okay now. <laughs> yeah, definitely okay now. So you sort of started doing the, the BDO, the WDF tour in 2012. What was it that kind of led you to start traveling around Europe doing those events? Uh, because of uh, I started in the Netherlands, all the small tournaments, the NDB ranking, the Dutch ranking we had, and uh, I won a lot uh, those rankings and all the uh, small tournaments in the neighborhood in Belgium, Germany, and uh, the Netherlands I won. So I was thinking, uh, what can I do next? You want to see how far you can go. 
and that's why I started uh, to, pl uh, to play international. And the first year it was a little bit rough, but it also was okay. But uh, yeah, the, uh, it growed very quick, so uh, yeah, it yeah. was really nice. Well, your second year on the tour, 2013, you won a, a major, you won the Zyderdijk Masters. Describe kind of the emotions of that win and, you know, what it meant to, to win a big title in your home country. Yeah, I'm really relaxed. <laughs> All the people uh, that are nearby me that say, oh, uh, if I win a tournament, they are screaming and happy and everything. And I, yeah... I'm just relaxed, just, yeah, I won a tournament, I'm happy, I'm grateful, and that's it. Just move on to the next tournament. <laughs> so, uh, I don't think about it a lot. Hmm. So, I'm really sober in that uh, kind of stuff. Hmm. I just think, okay, well, watch my next tournament, focus on that. It's a good attitude to have. I mean... Yeah, I, I, I don't shout. I'm happy, I'm really happy that I won, but yeah move on next tournament <laughs> yeah. so a couple of years after that you won the the world masters you know two very tight games to win it first against Dieter Edmund then against Lisa Ashton oh my gosh yeah it was really tight yeah I mean would you say that win was the you know is the biggest achievement of your career yeah that was really the biggest achievement when I won that tournament, I wasn't relaxed. <laughs> I was shaking and I couldn't understand that I won that tournament. <laughs> so that was uh, different from the Sider Dine because it's the world, uh, the windmill and everything. But uh, yeah, it was a, a really close game because I, I thought Lisa had some match darts. I thought so. I thought Lisa missed some darts, so I was, was really happy that I had a chance to win it. And that game, she had a perfect nine darts. <laughs> yeah, it's, sometimes it, it's on Facebook and everything. So, uh, yeah, I, I was really happy with that win. Yeah, yeah. I've never been uh, that much happy of a win of a tournament. Moving kind of more recently, last year you came over and you played in the, the PDC Women's Series. They've expanded that to, to 12 events for 2021. Are you planning to come over and play again this year? Uh, yes. I have. I had booked uh, in Germany the events, but it was cancelled. So uh, I didn't uh, put me on the list for uh, playing uh, that weekend, but I want to. But I first have to sort all the stuff out because... Of all the tests, how I have to do that in England, and we have three tournaments on that day, and I have to do a test really early that day. So I don't know if I can do the test and still be on time for my games. So I first have to sort uh, that out really quick because uh, in eight days uh, I can't enter anymore. <laughs> and uh, I have to work something out with uh, the COVID rules in uh, the Netherlands if I come back. Because of the 10 days, you have to stay home. Hmm. So, uh, yeah. I hope I can go, but 90% I I will go, but the 10% I don't know, sure. So, yeah. I hope it. I hope it's so bad, yeah. Hmm. And in terms of the WDF events, 
what does the rest of 2021 look like for you or is that is that not something confirmed yet because you're still trying to work out what you can or can't do travel wise now, all the tournaments I can play, uh, we have Italian this year, we have Denmark, we have uh, uh, Bruges, uh, we have uh, the, the tournaments in the Netherlands. So, all those tournaments I want to play. And how it looks like now, I can play it because we don't have a lot of rules uh, than you have in the England. But the tournaments in the England, the PDC tournaments, the both uh, PDC tournaments in the in the England or uh, North Ireland, is, if it goes through, uh, yeah, that's difficult. That's really difficult because uh, uh, the COVID is more uh, <laughs> how do you call it bigger at uh, at your place. <laughs> so uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know how you call it. Yeah. So yeah, that, that that's really difficult because you have to look uh, which color is that country and uh, how many rules uh, there are. So uh, yeah, normally you book you just book a tournament. You don't have to uh, look and wait and everything. But now it's yeah, now it's really difficult. Something I did I did want to touch on before we finish. You had a lot of success playing internationally for the Netherlands at the World Cup, the Europe Cup. But you kind of decided, you and Sharon Prince decided to retire from the national team in 2019. Why did you take that decision? Uh, yeah, we both have children and it's, uh, we played a lot of darts. We played uh, two, three times international tournaments in the weekend. And if we have uh, uh, Six Nations or we have the Euro Cup or the World Cup, it's, it's a lot of holidays, uh, days you have to uh, get from work. So, yeah, if we have to choose uh, playing darts for ourselves and bring money uh, back to the family, or playing darts for your country and you don't have any money, yeah, we have to choose for our family. We want to spend time with our family and we want to bring some money back. So, yeah, we can't uh, go one week uh, for the World Cup uh uh, go away yeah we it, it doesn't bring something back so hmm. that's very uh, difficult and hopefully maybe in the future if uh, my children are uh, bigger and everything but uh, now it's uh, too difficult hmm. and I want to play my individual uh, dice so uh, yeah so the the pandemic hasn't led to you changing your mind about that at all it's very much just you know no internationals for the for the foreseeable yeah, I want to just play international, but not um, uh, for the Dutch team, because yeah, it's it's a lot of time, and uh, I want to uh, have the time with my family, or just for playing uh, for the uh, for my own uh, ranking. Well, thank you very much for your time today, Eileen. I really do appreciate it, and I wish you the best of luck with trying to sort out all the COVID tests and everything, and hopefully. You're able to play a lot of darts before Lakeside beginning of next year. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. Nice to talk to you. Aileen is someone I've wanted on the show for a little while and it was lovely to be able to catch up with her last week. By the time this comes out, I think the deadline for the Women's Series will have, have passed, but hopefully she was able to work out the travel situation and, 
and work out the tests and the quarantine and she is able to come over because she's definitely got the ability to compete at the top end. I think anybody listening to this knows that. And of course, the women's series, I want them to have as good a number as possible. And if they can have the likes of Aileen over there, that, that's a positive sign. She will be playing at the Denmark Open and Masters. Uh, the Denmark Open is the next gold event on the WDF calendar. And in fact, it's actually the next ranking event on the WDF calendar. That's set for the 2nd of October. The Masters, the silver graded event, is to follow on the 3rd. The last event, though, of September was just this past weekend, and that was the silver-graded North Queensland Classic in Townsville, Townsville being the home of the 2002 BDO world champion Tony David. Numbers for the event were fairly low, which is not a huge surprise given the ongoing COVID situation in Australia, where I know certain states are worse than others and travel still relatively limited and restricted. There were 39 men and 18 women, uh, but there were some good darts throughout, and the title went to the guru, Raymond Smith. He won the men's singles, and as there's only one senior Australian event left on the calendar this year, the New South Wales Great Lakes Open, which is a bronze event in late November, it's going to be very hard for Raymond not to qualify for Lakeside, given that he's now top of the Australian regional ranking. So it'll be good to see him back there, five years after he made his first appearance, hopefully, and... Someone who's closed the gap in the ladies' regional rankings is Maureen Homer. She won the North Queensland Classic women's title for the second time, thanks to a 5-3 final win over Eva Dilger. Tori Kewish is still leading the way for the Australian ladies, and she's got a 45-point lead over Homer, with just 45 points left on the table at that aforementioned event in New South Wales on the 20th, 21st of November, something like that. This past weekend, as well as the North Queensland Classic, saw some darting action closer to home in the UK, and that was the first weekend of the British Inter-Counties Championship under the UK Darts Association banner. It was great to see it finally get up and running some 18 months after the last county games and a year after the BDO officially folded and the UK DA took over. And, yeah, I mean, it was great to see. Some teams did take advantage. I think there were some rules in place that you could share players between the A and B on the opening weekend, and some counties did sort of take advantage of that. But there were some really good darts during the day, and the updates available from the UKDA were far better than the BDO used to provide, at least public-facing anyway. And the Darts for Windows page that had all the county fixtures on it, I saw they'd posted on Facebook that they'd had record traffic or close to record traffic on the page on Sunday during the A Games, which is fantastic to see a great level of interest in county darts for the season. As I said, some really good performances, some really high averages. The top average for the men's A went to Scott Mitchell, a PDC tour card holder, former England captain Scott Mitchell, former BDO world champion. Scott Mitchell record, registered a, over 103 playing for Dorset. Uh, but there are also some really good performances from Scott Taylor, Rihanna O'Sullivan, Trina Gulliver, Ryan Meckle, James Hurrell. It's nice to see him back playing well again. A number of players played really good darts. Ben West as well. And I think, as I said, the UKDA did a really good job on their first weekend. Next county fixtures are in a couple of weeks' time and hopefully they can build on that and build towards their magic weekend later this year and then of course the Champions Week and, and Gold Cup further beyond. And the other thing with the, the return of County that was important for me was that a bit like the weekend I had over in Selsey, 
is it felt like it was a return to normality, which I think after the last 18 months we've all been through is something we can all cling to. You may have picked up, uh, I did get a bit of a cold down in Chelsea. Thankfully no COVID, but a bit of a head cold, but uh, over the worst of it now. I'll be back next week with a, another episode featuring Raymond Smith, the North Queensland Classic champion. Uh, but in the meantime, you can check out my review of the England Open weekend on the WDF website. And there'll be another piece from me on the WDF website later this week. You can listen to the Celsius episode, which is available wherever you get your podcasts. So that featured my thoughts from the weekend, as well as interviews with Brian Roman and Dieter Hedman. You can follow me on Twitter at amsinclair97. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Inside the WDF. You can like the Facebook page, Inside the WDF. And you can like, rate, review, subscribe, whatever you do, wherever you get your podcasts from. Until next time, stay safe.